0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com
1: for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Reds Hot Stove Week. The
2: Reds are on the radio. The
0: Reds Hot Stove Week is brought to you by... Holy Grail Banks, proud sponsors of the Reds Hot Stove League, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, JTM. Let's create great dishes together, MSA Architects, and by Document Destruction, the official document shredding vendor of the Reds. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by CBTS, a Cincinnati Bell Company, technology solutions for business. Your Tri-State Chevy dealers. Check out Chevy's award-winning lineup only at your Tri-State Chevy dealers. The Healthcare Management Group, greater care for greater Cincinnati. Woody Sander Ford, I-75 at Mitchell Avenue, right in the middle of everywhere. Now, the Reds Hot Stove League on News Radio 700 WLW, the home of the Reds.
1: Again, everybody, we are back at Goodyear Ballpark, the stadium all but empty after almost uh, 2,800 people turned out today under beautiful weather conditions to watch the Reds run their winning streak to five in a row. Uh, they knock off the Kansas City Royals seven to three. Steve, uh, I'd rather Jim Kelch is here with me for the next hour, and we invite your calls seven four nine seven thousand one eight hundred eight two. What is it? Eight 8-2, two one eight hundred, the big one. 823-2441 or something like that. Eight four three two four four one seven four nine seven thousand one eight hundred, the big one. You got something on your mind about the Reds and? Anything of that ilk as far as their spring training work and what they've done so far, give us a call over the next hour or so, and we'll talk about it. Uh, Sal Romano pretty good today, huh? Sal
0: Romano I thought was really good, despite the fact he gave up the uh, home run to the second batter of the game, Mike Mustakas. You noted early that he fell behind both Mondesi and Mustakas, three balls on each of them. After the first inning, though, he really settled down, retired the last seven he faced, I thought he came out uh, that thing looking very, very good, very
1: confident, and uh, probably can't wait to make his next spring start. Not a very good outing for Michael Lorenzen. His command was uh, left a whole lot to be desired today, pitching behind of the count, and really was all over the place with his pitches, gave up a couple of runs and three hits in an inning and two-third, but two guys that uh, figure to be with a ball club when the season gets underway working out of the bullpen, both Blake Wood and Tony Sangrani acquitted themselves well.
0: Wood had a 1-2-3 inning, and interesting Sangrani.
1: Retired the first two, then gave up an
0: infield single, but promptly picked off the runner at first. One of his best moves is to pick off maybe one of the best in all of Major League Baseball. And uh, he didn't have to throw another pitch. He picked the runner off first base. That was uh, Bubba Starling. And so he had a three-better inning. He was pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and the Reds had a couple of home runs today. The second of the spring for both uh, Ryan Rayburn. He homered uh, in the fourth inning, and then a two-run home run that uh, sent the Reds out in front to stay came in the fifth off the bat of A. Eugenio Suarez. The Reds, all told, had a dozen hits in the game with uh, uh, the youngster Alejandro Chassin winning the game and veteran Michael Young taking the loss. Uh, offense continues to be good. The defense, uh, with the exception of the drop foul ball by uh, Zach Kozart, the defense has really been good of late also.
0: Yeah, I think so. The... Uh Reds pounded out 12 hits today, entered the game with a team batting average of .292. That certainly did not go down today. The defense, as you said, has been pretty good. And uh, you mentioned the home run by uh, Rayburn. It's his second of the spring. He had one to right center. He had this one to left center field. Certainly doesn't hurt his chances to make this club if he can hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's not a home run guy really in his career But if you're going to have a guy on the bench that's going to come into the game in the 7th, 8th, or ninth inning, you'd like to think that this person may have some pop. And as I said, he has hit two. And that could be also the reason that they went out, Marty, and claimed Christian Walker from Atlanta because this guy has a history in the minor leagues of hitting a
1: lot of home runs. Well, let's face it. A little power is light years ahead of what the Reds had off the bench last year because they had none. And uh, to have a guy like Rayburn who could come off the bench and – and maybe break open a close game with a pinch hit home run or uh, just a, a long ball uh, is something the Reds were woefully inept at last year, and that's the reason why a good bench is very, very important to a team and uh, give high marks to Dick Williams and his people for trying to do something about it and bringing people in like Rayburn and Desmond Jennings, who really has not shown up very well so far this spring. And, and now we'll find out what Christian Walker's made of beginning possibly tomorrow but uh, certainly no later than uh, I would imagine uh, on Thursday.
0: Yeah, he'll be here, I guess, tomorrow, try to get acclimated. And Brian, I'm sure, would like to get him into a game as soon as he can. And and you're talking about the competition uh, for those bench jobs, and Brian was talking about that this morning, that he has really been thrilled with the competition for those jobs, for the catching position, for the relief uh, work, for the starters. He thinks that a lot of guys have done a lot of good things and they're all going to battle. And he said when all of them – all those guys are doing that well. Uh, it makes for good competition, and hopefully they'll come out with uh, someone who is equal to the task.
1: Well, but you know what? At the, at the end of the day, however, uh, that aspect of this thing is nothing but a crapshoot because we talked about it uh, not on the air but uh, amongst ourselves the last couple of days. When people like Tony Renda, uh, maybe not so much Tony Renda, but but guys like Kiblahan and some of the other guys, uh, Iribarren, people like that, Uh, And Renda, to a large extent, and other guys who may be having good first two weeks of the spring come into a game, more often than not, they are hitting off of double-A or triple-A pitching. So, But you got to go on something in terms of picking out guys that are going to stick on the 25-man roster, especially when you're a club like the Reds are that are in a rebuilding mode. Uh, You're looking for help in every area that you possibly feel like you need it in. And you may have a guy that it bats 450 for the spring and hits three or four home runs, and now the bell rings, and all of a sudden he's seeing frontline big league pitching, and they're throwing curveballs and cutters and change ups and things that they don't normally see coming up out of the minor leagues in certain count situations. And all of a sudden, they can't do during the regular year what they did in spring training. So, what you do is, if you're a fan, you take what you hear or you take what you see with a grain of salt. And you congratulate the guys that make the club that were in a battle for certain positions. But then when that bell rings on that first Monday in April, they better prove that they can do during the regular year what they did in spring training. Otherwise, there will be more changes coming.
0: Now, I don't think there's any question about that. And uh, you, know, you get excited about it, but uh, the situation is certainly different. It's a, a whole different animal batting in the, uh, in the uh, bottom of the eighth or bottom of the ninth inning at home with 35,000 people screaming and the game on the line than it is when you're here in the bottom of the eighth inning. It's a spring training game, and there's 1,500 people here. A lot of difference there.
1: Yeah, yeah I was talking with uh, Kansas City's Hall of Fame announcer, Denny Matthews, before the game, and he very aptly puts it. He said, in the early weeks of the spring, maybe the first couple of weeks, two and a half weeks, you have two games every day. You've got uh, the, the everyday players that are playing the first four or five innings against frontline pitching. And then after that, you've got the guys who are trying to win a spot on the ball club. Either they were brought in as non-roster players or they were young players coming up through your system. They go into the lineup for the second half of the game. And that's the way it is. Uh, as a rule for the first two or two-and-a-half weeks of the spring, when you start to draw closer to the uh, opening pitch of the regular season, now you have the starters going six innings, five, six, and in some cases seven innings, Uh, starting to get the necessary at-bats that they need to get ready for the regular year.
0: Yeah, a couple of things. First of all, if you want to get involved, our numbers again, 513-749-7000, 513-749-7000, or 1-800-843-2441. I know uh, after this first break, Marty, we'll have a chance to talk about this more extensively, and that is the the game that went on in the complex today uh, at 10 a.m. this morning featuring Bronson Arroyo and Devin Mezzarocco as the starting battery as guys are trying to get work over there.
1: Yeah, but not only that, but we saw, we saw Nick Senzel bat, the young man who was dra- dra- drafted number one by the Reds out of the University of Tennessee, considered by most people as the best pure hitter in last year's draft, uh, had a meteoric start uh, to his professional career, beginning in Billings, ending up in Dayton, and never missed a beat. And we saw him bat in the first inning of that game against Bronson Arroyo, and Uh, had about a a three-quarter swing in which he bounced the ball high off the uh, plate and was thrown out by the third baseman. But uh, this is a young man who we expect to see in the big leagues in the not-too-distant future, and uh, a young man, all things being equal, who's going to be a star in this game. So there were other things going on. T.J. Friedel, the young man who led the game off against Bronson Arroyo and hit an absolute seed to left field for a base hit. On the first pitch, he was a young man who the Reds uh, picked out from between the cracks uh, when uh, nobody was aware that he was available to be drafted out of what? The University of Nevada, uh, Reno, Reno, Uh, other clubs. Nobody thought that he was available to be drafted, which which in fact he was. And now the draft ends and the Reds sign him.
0: So they hit him, and then uh, Shed Long came That's up there right. and hit a ball very hard. And there's a lot of people in the minor leagues of the Reds, the minor league system, that think Shed Long is a
1: pure hitter and he's going to hit no matter where he is. Yeah, so there were other things that we watched down on the complex today besides Bronson Arroyo and Denny and uh, Devin Messarocco, but let's face it, these are the two guys that we are most interested in right now as far as the immediacy of this Red situation is concerned. Uh, and when we come back, we'll uh, – We'll be playing a a brief cut from Bronson Arroyo on his comments based on the one inning in which he pitched uh, against the hitters down on the complex uh, around 10 o'clock Arizona time this morning. Right now we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League. We are broadcasting live from Goodyear Ballpark. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: Reds Hot Stove League continues here at Goodyear Ballpark in Goodyear, Arizona on this Tuesday night. The Reds are winner today, 7-3 over the Kansas City Royals. They've now won five in a row this spring and will go for the 500 mark tomorrow. They are 5-6 and six going into that game. Reminder, the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum's Pete Rose Hit Collection fundraising campaign features 4,256 baseballs, each signed by Pete and stamped with the official Pete Rose Hit Collection logo, and baseball's unique hit number. Purchase a hit collection baseball and become the owner of that hit and help support the Pete Rose Sculpture Project. Purchase today by going to redsmuseum.org. We have calls. Let's go to the phones and hear what's on your mind. Let's start with Greg in Englewood. You're up first. Hi, Greg.
3: Good afternoon, sir. It's a pleasure to talk to you. say that was a fun game to listen to today. I was wondering if I could take a little detour. We respect your opinion. When friends of mine and myself are all in our sixties, early seventies, on our bucket list is to finally get to Wrigley Field. All right. May I ask you if there are two or three things that, if we're in Chicago, what do we got to see, and what do we got to do, and maybe a follow-up to that with your favorite restaurant?
0: Well, boy, I I don't know about restaurants. i got a lot of favorite restaurants, probably none of which that you would like, but uh, I don't know, maybe maybe you would. I would say if you're going to come to Wrigley Field for the first time, certainly you've got to either come early or stay late and hang around Wrigleyville and experience what is uh, unlike, I think, anywhere else in all of Major League Baseball and maybe all of professional sports, the amount of uh, bars and restaurants and places that you can hang out out right around Wrigley Field, is incredible, so you'd certainly want to do that. And uh, and we have the good fortune of staying right downtown on Michigan Avenue, and there are just uh, so many restaurants to eat at, but I think probably one of the favorite places that I like to go is the Chicago-style pizza, and Lou Malnati's pizza is uh, one of my favorites. I heard the other day that there's a Malnati's out here in the Phoenix area. How are you spelling that last name, sir? Uh, Malnati's is M-A-L... N A D O, I think. Malnati? Or M-A-D-I. M A D I? D I?
4: Okay. A A N A
3: T I. Malnati's. All right. Thank you. And also, one last thing. If there's something totally non related to baseball that we want to blow off, say, two to four hours and go see, is there something around the Chicago area you would highly recommend?
0: Well, nothing that I would recommend. I don't know, Marty, you might have some things. You've done some things there like. Uh, uh, didn't you
1: take a uh, tour one time? A, uh, no, I know it's a, the architectural
0: tour. Architectural tour, tour yeah. That,
1: that's a, and I don't know. You'd have to go through the hotel or, or someone to go online to read about. You go out on a, you go out on a, a, a tourist boat and you, uh, and you go to different areas uh, that you can see from Lake Michigan uh, of, of some of the architectural wonders, now, not only recent stuff but old stuff. Uh, around the city of chicago i again i've not done it i was going to do it i didn't do it they say it's a sensational uh tourist attraction and that would be something i think you'd probably enjoy very much
3: thanks gentlemen even though not totally baseball related appreciate your opinion and great call on the game today
1: thank you greg we appreciate your call let's go to dayton dick thanks for waiting you're on the hot stove league hey marty hey jim how you doing buddy all right pal how you doing
4: I'm doing good. I, I I say one thing. You know, you were talking, Marty and Jim, about this rebuilding season, but boy, this uh, this exhibition that they're they're just rocking, you know. And I think like I said before, if the defense and the offense can prove, I think I, I I'd see a lot of improvement in this club this year, guys.
1: Well, we certainly hope you're right, uh, Dick. It would certainly it makes our job easier to talk about a winning baseball team. Uh, I think you can't get uh, can't lose sight of the fact now that you know this club is still in a, a rebuilding mode. I, I don't, yeah. I don't really think it can challenge the the uh, the better teams in the division for a title. But at the same time, uh, I think we can all expect to see some improvement in this club. And who knows, it may be greater improvement than any of us would anticipate when the season gets underway.
4: Yeah, yeah. Hey, I have gotta. You'll know, have to on uh, April fourteenth. I just wanted to tell you. I think I told you before, but uh, I got a birthday the same. He was my idol for years. Uh, I got a birthday on the same day as Peter Edward Rose, April How about 14th.
1: that, that's How big, about isn't it? How about that? That's really big, Dick.
4: Yeah, it is. But I welcome. enjoy you guys. You know, you guys are number one on that radio. I love, love to listen, and hopefully, I'll get down there and meet you guys. You know.
1: Well, we'd look forward to it, Dick. Thanks very much for your call. Oh, you're welcome. All right, pal. Bye-bye. Those numbers
0: again, 513-749-7000 or 1-800-843-2441. Let's go to Kim in Eastgate. You're up next. Hi, Kim. Hi there. What's on your mind tonight, Kim? Um,
5: Actually, I was going to ask about um, what you thought about Bronson Arroyo and Devin Mazzaracco in the game this morning. Um, Then I heard you talking about it briefly just before the break. Um, but who else is a big surpri- has been the biggest surprise to you so far this spring? And who should we watch?
0: Well, that's a good question. Uh, stay tuned after the bottom of the hour break, and we'll uh, play some sound from Bronson Arroyo and Devin Mazaraco, their thoughts on how they did today and, and where they may be going in the not-too-distant future. So, uh, yeah, make sure you stay with us for that. You know, I think from a, from a pitching standpoint, a lot of the guys have done a really good job. Sal Romano, who pitched today, did a nice job. We've seen uh, Brandon Finnegan, even though his, his last time out wasn't overly good, his first time out was, uh, was pretty well. Um, Luis Castillo had a good outing his first time out. Tony Sangrani today put a third consecutive outing together. Rookie Davis has looked good. Uh, so there's any number of pitchers that have done well from a starting standpoint. And from a relieving standpoint, I think uh, uh, they're they're pretty impressed with what they've seen from Scott Feldman so far. And uh, so, uh, Rysell Iglesias has been very good in his two appearances. So, there's a lot of good good performances that we've seen from a pitching standpoint. And of course, I mentioned the, the hitting came into this game today at 292 as a team. They found it out 12 hits. So, a lot of guys have done a pretty good job. And there's a lot of battles going on to see who's going to make this ball club.
5: Yeah, I was glad, I'm glad to see them start winning.
0: We it was all pretty are happy to see, that, to see them go
5: 0-6 at the beginning.
0: That's for certain. It's much, much better to see them win than to see them suffer through the losses. That's for sure.
5: Absolutely. All right. so thanks for what you guys do. I love listening to you.
0: Thank you, Kim, for your call. We appreciate it.
5: Thanks.
0: Again, the numbers, if you have uh, something on your mind, you'd like to give us a call, 513-749-7000. Or 1-800-843-2441. Reds won today 7-3. to three. We'll take a break. When we come back, more of your calls on the Reds Hot Stove League from Goodyear, Arizona, back after the bottom of the hour break.
1: We're back at Goodyear Ballpark where we are continually being immersed in the Reds' hot stove league following a Red 7-3 win over the Kansas City Royals for their fifth win of the uh, spring after losing the first six. And we talked, and we're going to let you hear the man himself, about Bronson Arroyo pitching in the B game down on the Reds' minor league complex earlier today. It was at 10 a.m. Arizona time. Uh, he has had a, a, a setback because he had a case of the flu and it really knocked him for a loop. He lost a, a, a number of pounds. He's able to bring that back. He's 100% healthy now. But today was a big outing for him. He had to get on the mound and face live hitting. Uh, if things went well, then they could uh, look down the road maybe three or four or five days and pick a time when he will be making his first official uh, appearance of the spring. And in the one inning in which he worked today, he gave up a run on a hit. Uh, he threw a wild pitch. He also ended the inning with a strikeout. And afterward, he talked to the news folks about the outing, and uh, here's what Bronson had to say.
6: How did feel your overall impressions? That no, was nice. You know, it did feel a little strange out there, as we always do early in camp. But, um, you know, my arm's not hurting, so I'll take that and uh, throw enough strikes. So. Was there anything out there that's encouraging for the next time you go out there? Um, just, just the fact that I, I know my arm could have withstanded another inning, which, you know, last spring, by the time I got up to two innings, it was... I was in some severe pain, so um, just knowing that my body is feeling good enough to really throw the ball all out and not uh, it's not breaking down on me is is a good thing. And, um, you know, just getting the ball over the plate. I mean, that's the hardest thing is get, get it over the plate and can your arm survive. So we'll see what happens in the next few games, and, and hopefully we can get a little bit stronger, feel a little bit better out there, get a little bit more crisp, and um, start feeling a bit more normal out on the mound.
2: I you know you said that hitters will tell you whether you got the stuff or not, I know these yeah. are minor league hitters, but what did they tell you after you know, just from what you saw? Of yourself? Well, you know,
6: I mean, my, my stuff is is you know, my game is such a, a game of strategy and, and stuff that it takes kind of a a longer um, sample size to really to really know how your stuff plays out, you know, and spring training stuff too, because there's so many young guys who don't know you or you don't know them, and sometimes they beat you up a little bit, and sometimes you make them look silly, and it's not indicative of a regular a regular season um, day in and day out going out there every fifth day and competing against a big league ball club, so. You know, results um, may vary here, and, and it, it isn't uh, it isn't that important. But I think what is is to be able to um, kind of set some guys up, to be able to you know just do a little bit of everything out there, be able to get a couple of strikeouts on, on two strikes, freezing freezing a guy, make them chase some of your stuff, put the ball on the ground, just just um, get kind of a natural flow of things, and, and see if if what you're throwing up there is at least that they're having to respect it enough to uh, to have some good at bats. Is the next step. Uh real game yeah i think so i'm pretty sure i'll be in a real game next time out for a couple of innings and and hopefully um you know it was nice to get out there today because actually throwing against your own hitters is probably a half step up you know you go from throwing in these live vps to a real game it's kind of a full step but to have to take a half step against our own hitters knowing you only have one inning gives me an opportunity to feel a little bit more comfortable out there next time and hopefully um you know you can get out of there with two innings and less than 30 pitches and see see how you feel I, I don't have any idea, probably not a ton, just because there was uh, two of them were first pitch, but I went deep the count a couple times, so I'm assuming some, something around 15.
1: There you have the comments of Bronson Arroyo talking about the winning in which he pitched today uh, uh, in a big game down on the complex, and, I, you know, uh, the guy's been around the block, and uh, never will there be a question that will handcuff him. He can handle everything with great, uh, with great aplomb, and then he talked about facing hitters whom they've never seen him. He's never seen them. Uh, you only can glean so much from that. Uh, but then the fact that he figures, see, uh, Jim, to next time go out there and pitch two innings in a real game.
0: Yeah, that was one of the two things that I really thought was interesting in his, uh, his comments. The first being he felt healthy. He felt no pain. He could have gone back out there, he said, and thrown another inning, but he understood why he does not. Last year he said he'd have been in severe pain at this point in time. So that's good to hear. And the other one, as you said, is the fact that he thinks he'll be out there in a real game next time and uh, throwing a couple
1: of innings, not just one inning, but a couple of innings. So well, that's really good to hear. Yeah, I don't know that anybody – I know we didn't uh, – have a chance to visit with Brian, uh, Brian Price or, or Mac Jenkins, as pitching coach, about their uh, their take on what they saw from Bronson. The one thing he did, for the most part, a wild pitch he threw, which is uncharacteristic of him. And secondly, he mentioned the fact he got behind the count and a couple of hitters. That normally does not happen. His His control is normally pristine. But then, as the inning wore on, his control got better. He got a strikeout uh, at the to end the inning, and we don't really know what kind of velocity he had. I don't know whether they had a, a radar gun out there or not, but if they did, they weren't talking about it. And and velocity certainly will have something to do. Uh, they they'd love to see him get up to 85. Uh, maybe 86 miles an hour, and with the other stuff that he has and the different arm slots that he throws from, and the uh, of the abundance or an array of breaking balls that he throws, if he can get up to the mid 80s or a tick above 85, uh, he could help this ball club.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the arm angles. I think when he's feeling really confident, you'll see a bunch of arm angles from him, and we did see that today in his one inning where the work he Started the uh, the first batter, T.J. Friedel, off with a fastball right over the heart of the plate, and T.J. jumped all over it. But then he was able to make a couple of the other hitters look bad on some breaking balls down in a way that they chased they couldn't get. So even though it was one inning and I think what we'd read, 15 pitches, it still was a pretty good outing by Bronson.
1: we got Brian, Jason, and Jim standing by to uh, uh, make comments about whatever might be on their mind. You just heard the comments of Bronson Arroyo and We'll get back to the telephones when the Hot Stove League program continues for this Tuesday night from Goodyear, Arizona in just a moment. Hey, check out the new theme
0: ticket packages the Reds are offering this season featuring an exclusive promotional item including a Star Wars Stormtrooper, Charlie Brown, Elvis, and much more. Guarantee these limited edition collectibles by purchasing the theme ticket package Visit Reds.com slash themes for more information. This is the Reds Hot Stove League on this Tuesday night, March the 7th. Reds won today 7-3 to over Kansas City. We have callers on the line, so let's get to them. Let's go to Milford and Brian. You're up next. Hi, Brian.
7: Guys, how are you doing? Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I was just uh, calling to talk about the overall fan experience that uh, the Reds continue to have. Uh, to put out there for us and the, uh, the new concert series that they're going to be doing this summer. Uh, real excited about it and just want to get your guys' take on it.
0: Well, I know that they are having three of them, I believe, because I saw the uh, note come down the other day that the start times are going 30 minutes earlier from 7.10 to 6.40 to accommodate the show, and uh, I know they have a great package with some different types of music. I can't off the top of my head tell you the name of the group, sorry to say, but uh, I know that they try diligently year in, year out, to make it a, an entertainment experience, not just a baseball game when you come down to Great American Ballpark.
7: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can't beat buying a ticket, getting a concert, and I believe they're on Friday, so you get the fireworks as well.
0: How about that?
7: Yeah, you good, can't, that's can't good, beat
0: that. It's a triple header right there.
7: <laughs> absolutely. It gives you a reason to come out to the ballpark, and uh, hopefully we got a winning team this year.
0: All right, Brian. Thank you so much for your call. All we right. appreciate it. Let's go to Jason in Cincinnati. Hi, Jason.
5: Hello. Um, hey, guys. I just had a, wanted to get your take on this. Um, a buddy of mine and, and I have a, uh, a friendly wager. Uh, he believes that uh, by the end of April, uh, Jesse Winker will have uh, taken over the starting duties over in right field. And uh, I, uh, no knock on Jesse Winker at all, but uh, I have this feeling that we might not even see him in September. I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that.
0: Well, before we got into that, Jason, I wonder why do you think we'll see him at least in September?
5: Well, I mean, I, again, no knock on him. I uh, Just a vibe I have is that the uh, I think the team is uh, – kind of set with um, seeing what Scott Shevler can give us over a full season. And I think with Winker, especially with his injuries over the couple past years or whatever, um, maybe uh, another full season to kind of give him some help. I do see him as, you know, a big part of the future, but just maybe not this year. That's all right. All.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that uh, I would agree with you that Scott Shebler is the incumbent out in right field what he did in the second half of the season particularly when he came back in uh... in august uh... warrants him the opportunity to to go out there and, and keep his job in right field he hasn't put up great numbers so far this spring but uh, we've talked so many times about that is not as important as if they are hitting the ball well and they feel good at the plate as opposed to the numbers they put up i do know that jesse winker is uh... is raring to go this year i've talked to him any number of times he feels like if he can stay healthy he can put up very good numbers at AAA, And uh, I will say that if, if Duvall and or Shebler, if something were to happen health-wise or uh, for one reason or another, they didn't perform and, and Winker's doing a good job at AAA. Jesse Winker will have the opportunity to come up and make this ball club and, and see what he can do at the big league level. And certainly I believe he'll be here no later than uh, September. I'm a big Jesse Winker fan, and I think he's going to come up and do a good job.
5: Jason, Absolutely. We so, yeah. Yeah, if thanks. I
1: appreciate your call. we got to hurry on now. Thank you very much, Jesse. Uh, Jason, let's go to Jim in Centerville. Jim, what's on your mind?
5: Gentlemen, so thank you for taking my call. It's a pleasure to be on the phone with uh, one of my uh, all-time favorites, Marty Brenneman. Uh, just quickly, first of all, when do World Series tickets go on sale? Because clearly, you know, we're, we're on our way there.
0: What year are That's you talking about?
1: That's a very about? good
5: point. <laughs> Sorry,
0: you
1: know, yeah. Brian Price is – Brian Price has thrust himself back into the uh, the consideration for Cactus League Manager of the Year in, in the wake of this five game winning streak.
5: Well, that that and twenty five cents will get you a bag of peanuts. But the um, serious question, though, if uh, the season started right now, which it obviously doesn't, who is our uh, starting five rotation? Wow.
1: Well, I, you know, I, I think I think uh, will be in the rotation. He may not pitch opening day, but he certainly will be there. Uh, Brandon Finnegan will be there. Scott Fellman will be there. And uh, I have no idea who's going to be there after that. That's a good question. Nobody's made
0: more than two starts, and some have gone well, some have not gone overly well. But I think it's just way too early to say this guy is head and shoulders above everyone else, and he's going to be there. Or this guy has done a terrible job. He is no longer in consideration. It's just – it's just too early to tell. Maybe two weeks from now, we'll have a, a little bit more clearer picture of what's going on. But as of right now, it's just too early, other than those uh, three that Marty mentioned, to, uh, to safely say who may be there.
1: Yeah, you asked that question on the 20th or the 21st of March. Uh, we may have a better idea by then. We may not, but we may have a better idea then than we do right now.
0: Jim, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Again, our numbers. 513 749 7000 or 1 800 843 2441. You have a call, if you have a question, uh, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. We'll take our, our break here and have one final segment from Goodyear Ballpark on this Tuesday night in the Red Hot Stove League. We'll do that right after this. Don't forget, your Toyota dealers are giving away a Tundra double cab at Red's opening day. You can register for your chance to win two tickets to the game with a chance to win the built-in-the-USA Tundra now through March the 24th only at your 6th Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky Toyota dealers. Final segment of the Red's Hot Stove League on this Tuesday night. Let's go right back to the phones. Mac, you're up. Hi, Mac.
7: Good morning, fellas. How are you doing today?
0: Good afternoon to you, sir.
7: Well, I I got an oddball question for you, Marty. I I, want to compare the Reds fans to other fans, and I'd like to know how you tolerate it, and uh, I'll make my point, then I'll get off the phone, and I'll listen on the air to your response. Um, It seems to me, and I used to live in Cincinnati. I'm a big Cincinnati Reds fan, so. but it seems to me that the majority of fans are fair weather fans, and I would like you to Explain to me how you tolerate that, and I will put that in comparison with Cubs fans and Yankees fans, which are diehard fans, very rarely say anything bad, winning or losing, and the perfect example is the Cubs and how long they lost, and if you talk to a Cubs fan, they're diehard, whereas if the Reds lose, they always got something to say they should have done this, the owner should have done that, they should get rid of this player. How have you tolerated that all these years and kept your composure dealing with it? Thanks for taking my call.
1: For one thing, Mac, uh, I I want you to back up and take a big deep breath. You you must have a short-term memory problem because back in the the 70s and the 80s and a good part of the 90s uh, when the Cubs played, you could fire a shotgun through Wrigley Field and not hit anybody uh, because they were so consistently bad year after year after year. And then the slowly the process began to change, and uh, the superstation uh, became somewhat dominant around the country when the Cubs were being aired on WGN. And all of a sudden, people discovered the Chicago Cubs. I, I don't. I don't think if you want to call Reds fans front-runners, I think uh, in a large way you have to. Uh, you have to say that we are in a generation of front runners, and it makes no difference whether you're talking about baseball or football or basketball or politics or the business world or whatever the case might be. It's not a matter of being tolerant or figuring out a way of being tolerant. It's a matter of understanding the way the system works, and, and if you understand that, then you know your life becomes much much easier. Uh, I I can understand when people are reluctant to go to a ball game, they want to see a team win. And if a team consistently loses, that's not what they want to see. Uh, For my money, you talk about the Cubs and the Yankees, if you want to talk about the best fans in baseball, uh, I I probably would have to give the the nod to the St. Louis Cardinal fans, Uh, not the Chicago Cub fans, and certainly not the damn New York Yankee fans. Uh, But but I, I just accept what happens with a grain of salt that, in part, has helped me get through 43 years in this business and, and because I understand the way uh, the game is played. I think I understand human nature and and the fact that people want to go see a winning team, and uh, that that's the thing that uh, makes it a little bit easier day after day and year after year. I don't compare with the way the Reds fans are with the way the Yankee fans or Cub fans or whoever else there might be, uh, but I understand – uh, if, if a team's losing and a, and a fan doesn't, would rather stay home and listen on the radio or watch it on television than go to the ballpark, uh, that's not a hard thing to, to, to cope with, and uh, I think I can handle it in that respect. There you go. We're out of time, aren't we? We are out of time. Right, talk about tomorrow.
0: Game tomorrow is at 3.05, 250 coverage on the Reds Radio Network. It'll be Amir Garrett for the Reds against the Angels' Ricky Nalasco The Cowboy and I will have the call. We hope you'll tune us in. Meanwhile, tonight... Thanks for tuning in to the Reds Hot Stove League, and we'll talk to you again next week with your questions and calls about
2: the Cincinnati Reds. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best